0: Today's first reading is from the prophet Isaiah, and all of our first readings during this season of Advent are going to be taken from this book. Uh, part of the reason for this is because the, so many of the prophecies found in the book of Isaiah have to, have to do with the coming of the Anointed One, or the coming of the Messiah, uh, who, we, who we know is Jesus. Jesus. And so as the church now prepares to celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas, we have, we have these readings from the book that has all these prophecies concerning uh, the arrival of the Messiah. So I'd like to, to dive in a little bit to our, our first reading today from, from the prophet Isaiah. This is, what, this is what he says to us today. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. All nations shall stream toward it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us climb the Lord's mountain. So... The mountaintop is an image that's used throughout scriptures. It's found a lot of places in the Old Testament and a lot of places in the New Testament as well. Uh, If we think uh, about some of the famous places in the Old Testament, like Moses goes up the mountain to encounter God. It's there. He meets him face to face. The tent of meeting was on a mountain, so Moses would go up into the tent of meeting. On one occasion, he receives the Ten Commandments there and brings them down the mountain. But he would always go up the mountain to meet the Lord, and then he would come back down the mountain to to meet the people. Uh, Similarly, Abraham went up Mount Moriah to sacrifice his son Isaac, but, but instead of sacrificing his son, he encounters the angel of God there who who directs him not to do so, tells him that God himself will provide a lamb. In the New Testament, Jesus, for instance, goes up Mount Tabor in order to be transfigured before his apostles. That's when his appearance changes. The voice of God is heard from the heavens. So you have all of these important events having to do with man's encounter with God happening on a mountain. And so... uh, Today we hear the prophet is Isaiah saying, In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain. Well, what's the mountain of the Lord's house? Well, it's, it's Jerusalem. Because the Lord's house is the temple. So Jews hearing this prophecy, even in the year 700 BC when this text was written, they would have understood this, that the mountain of the Lord's house refers to Mount Zion, which is the the mountain upon which Jerusalem is built. And the Lord's house there is, is the temple. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. So what, what this means is that Jerusalem, the holy city, is, is actually going to be elevated in stature above all the other mountains. So what, what, what does that mean on a more symbolic level? Well, it means that the faith of Israel and the God whom Israel encounters on the mountain, on Mount Zion or, or Jerusalem in the temple, the, the faith of the God of Israel is going to be seen as the highest thing, the best thing, such that, if we keep reading, such that all the nations shall stream towards it. And whenever the Old Testament talks about the nations, it's talking about the foreign nations, the nations that aren't Israel. So the pagan foreign nations, all of the enemies of Israel actually All of these foreigners who worship false gods, their own gods, who have uh, all of these engaged in sinful practices, all of those people are going to look at the mountain of Israel, the God of Israel, as the highest. And all of these peoples who didn't know him before are going to come streaming to the Lord's mountain, to Jerusalem. And what are they going to say as they go, Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may instruct us in his ways and we may walk in his paths. So they're going up now to Mount Zion. And then what, and then what happens after that? For from Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So there's this sense of, this gathering together of all the nations in Jerusalem. But then from that place, they receive knowledge and the word of the Lord, and then they go out, they go, they go back home, and presumably tell their neighbors and tell their friends about what happened there. So this is a prophecy, and uh, uh, we, can ask, we can ask the question, well, was this prophecy ever fulfilled? Well, never literally, it's never literally fulfilled, and actually, the Jews still await this prophecy and all the other prophecies concerning the Messiah to be fulfilled. That's what they're waiting for, they're waiting for the Savior of Israel to come. But we as Christians know that God has fulfilled his promise that he made to his people, he has sent his Messiah his Savior, Jesus, to save the people, Israel. Uh, So we know that the Messiah has come, but we can also ask the question, well, okay, well, do we think that this prophecy has been fulfilled? The Jews don't think that this prophecy has been fulfilled because they're still waiting for this to happen. What about we Christians? Do we think this prophecy is is fulfilled? And the answer is yes and no. The reason the answer is no is because this is a vision, ultimately, of the heavenly Jerusalem, which is which is heaven. And so, heaven finally will be that place where God reigns on His throne, and all of the people—not just not just um, the Jews, but all nations, including us—who came from Poland, who came from. Slovakia who came from Bohemia who came from the Netherlands like my my ancestors did all of these people are going to be gathered together now not just Jews from Israel but all nations will come and will be united around God in heaven that's the ultimate fulfillment of the prophecy but it's also fulfilled in a real way in in the church so if you think about what happens in Jerusalem during the lifetime of Jesus. So Jesus, of course, is born in Galilee, which is the northern part of Israel. But then uh, during the Gospels, he makes his way down to the southern part of, of Israel, which is Jerusalem. And why does he go to Jerusalem? Well, because he, he needs to go there to die. And so there in Jerusalem, Jesus will be crucified and he'll be raised from the dead, and then he'll ascend into heaven. But then what happens? From, from heaven, where God and the Father are united, they send the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Where does Pentecost take place? It takes place in Jerusalem, in the upper room. And what happens there at Pentecost? Well, the, well, the disciples receive the, the Holy Spirit, and then Peter starts preaching. And if you remember the story, um, the miracle, one of the miracles that happened that day is that all the people who were listening to him, who were from all sorts of different countries, dozens of countries speaking dozens of languages, all the people in Jerusalem that day heard and and could understand what Peter was saying. All the nations were there, (laughs) and they heard The gospel proclaimed to them. And what what does Peter say to them? He said, The Messiah came and you killed him. And they were struck to the heart. And what do they say back? They say, What must we do? And he says, Repent and be baptized. And so 3,000 that day were baptized and they were from all these different countries. So already we see parts of this prophecy being fulfilled. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. All these people come to Jerusalem, they hear Peter's message, and they accept that message and are baptized, and they become Christian. Here's the other amazing thing, the way way that, that God has fulfilled this. Uh, in the church. So the mountain, as we mentioned, that Jerusalem is built on is Mount Zion. And so in the Old Testament, whenever, whenever Mount Zion is mentioned, it's, it's referring to Israel or to Jerusalem generally because the city's built on that mountain. But if you visit, if you visit Jerusalem today, uh, some of our parishioners are actually going on pilgrimage there in January, so they'll be able to see this if you go to Jerusalem, there's a building that's, that's thought to be built on the pinnacle of Mount Zion. Now, now it's, a, it's a city built, built on a high elevation, so you don't see the mountain peaks anymore, because it's all buildings. But the building that's said to be built on Mount Zion uh, was a building where, on the day of Palm Sunday, Jesus directed his disciples to go and to prepare the Passover, it's the site of the upper room and in that upper room what does jesus do he takes bread he says the blessing over it and he gives it to his disciples and he says take this this is my body which is given up for you and then he takes the cup of cup of wine and he says the blessing over it and he hands it to his disciples and he says Take this. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new covenant, which will be shed for you. Do this in memory of me. And so what was Jesus doing that day? Well, we as Catholics believe that he was instituting the Holy Eucharist, the place now where God would encounter man, us. What does God do on the mountain? He... (laughs) He meets his people. He encounters his people in a most powerful way. That's what happens throughout all the scriptures. What happens literally on Mount Zion. God encounters his people by making himself present there. Under the appearance of bread and wine. So the people. So, so this is the amazing thing about this passage. Uh, the passage is fulfilled now. Today. Today here in Glencoe, Minnesota. People don't, people know Jerusalem, the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. And so what, is the, what, is, what does the church do from there? The apostles bring the church then throughout the world. St. Matthew goes to Ethiopia, St. Thomas goes to India, St. James goes to Spain, St. Peter goes down to Egypt and then eventually goes to Rome what happens in Rome which is the center of the of the world at that point the meeting point of all nations the gospel's proclaimed in Rome and really from there it spread all throughout the known world and now people don't have to go to Jerusalem in order to go up mount Zion and encounter God they simply have to go to mass because those first apostles went out, and well, what were they doing? They were celebrating the Mass wherever they went. India, Ethiopia, Spain, Egypt. And so how blessed are we to be able to climb the mountain today, the symbolic mountain where the Lord encounters us in a most powerful way. And from which then we, we go like the nations went up Mount Zion and then went back full of knowledge and full of the word of God to share the gospel message with others, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. You know, I think, I think this is really important for us because we all, we all have to be renewed in our faith and conviction that what happens here is the most important part of our life that from ancient days the prophets were talking about what was going to happen here at this altar at St. Pius in Glencoe Minnesota 2700 years ago the prophet wrote about what happens here do we know that do we understand that do we internalize that have have we internalized that so that we can get other people here too uh, the past couple weeks we've been doing parish meetings and one of the things we've been talking about is just how many people don't go to Mass. Not that this is a new problem in the church, but, but COVID really accelerated that. We have about almost a third or about a third less people who come to Mass today who, than who came before COVID. And people don't come because they're bad. <laughs> it's because they don't know what happens here. It's because they don't know that that God himself comes to meet his people here and he comes to bless us here no matter what's going on in our life if it's full of joy or full of sorrow or full of pain or full of the stuff of the world that we're stuck in, full of sin whatever it is that God comes to meet his people here on Mount Zion <laughs> and I think if people knew that they, they would come but it's our job to tell them, to share them with us. So, so let's ask the Lord today to, to, to really convict us about the power of the Mass, the importance of, of what, what happens here. Do we come here rejoicing like the response, responsorial psalm today tells us to do? Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Do we go to Mass in such a way that other people will want to come with us? Or... Do we go somewhat begrudgingly, needing to meet our Sunday obligation, like we'd rather not come if we didn't have to, but we know that we have to. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. People will see our enthusiasm, and they'll want to come with us. So let's ourselves be strengthened in our Eucharistic faith today so that we can go out and share this faith with others, so that many people would, would come to Mount Zion, and that this prophecy will be fulfilled here at St. Pius.